Good morning, everyone. When Krista and I first found out that she was pregnant with Hudson, our oldest son, uh, the first thing we did was celebrate. Do you want to know what the second thing that we did was? The second thing that we did was instantly book uh, flights over to Europe to go backpack through Europe. Uh, because what we figured was uh, that if we didn't do it then, there wouldn't be very many opportunities to have that happen in the future. Uh, but for us to do this, honestly, uh, finances were incredibly tight. Uh, back then, I was working two jobs. I was a part-time uh, part janitor and part-time youth pastor. Krista worked part-time at Payless Shoes, and I don't remember where your other Maybe job was. Maybe she just started at Waterloo. Maybe she just started at Waterloo. Um, and so what we decided to do at that point was to take all of our tax return, because at this point, savings were a dream that we once dreamed we would actually have, because we didn't have anything. And so we decided to take all of our tax return and to just kind of blow it on this trip, and then to figure out whatever we're going to do with school later. Oh, we um, were doing our masters. Yeah, because both of us were doing our masters <laughs> at that point, too. And so we made all of these decisions in about the span of, I think, three weeks. So in three weeks from finding out that Krista was pregnant, we had then like booked uh, flights to be in Europe for four or five weeks, um, just a, a little while later. And so what ended up happening then was obviously the budget for this was quite tight uh, for us. And if you haven't figured this out, I'm kind of a budget kind of a person. And uh, so there were many arguments about spending uh, while we were in Europe, specifically about the hostels that I would choose, because I would always choose the cheapest. And sometimes they didn't really have beds. And this kind of bothered Krista. I said, but for, oh you know, God, 10 so euros, but for 10 euros a night, who cares, right? Uh, but this was kind of our plan to make it happen, is that what we would do is we would find a hostel that had breakfast, eat as much as we could for breakfast, take any of the fruit there uh, for lunch, and then maybe we would go and find a grocery store and we'd like purchase you know, bread, meat and cheese and all of that for lunch. And if we were lucky, we had the plan that uh, we could eat out maybe once per city. That was kind of the idea uh, for us to be able to do this. But what happened in Prague, uh, one of the cities we went to, uh, was we get there and we uh, have our breakfast and we have all of that and then we go to find a grocery store to be able to get you know, some food for the week. And what ends up happening is we go to the, the main kind of grocery store that we are directed to and we get there and I start looking at the prices and I start working things out and I realize that if we were gonna buy groceries there, what we had budgeted for one day, right, that this was actually gonna take up our entire cost for five days, which just meant that basically we weren't gonna be able to eat and I was then worried about the rest of our trip, like how are we gonna afford this? I'm looking at the prices and everything just seems so expensive. It seems like unreasonable and just, I wasn't sure what to do. And so I just kind of stop and I start looking around because I'm really like thrown off about how we earth are we ever gonna get through this trip? And as I kind of pause, what I start to notice is just this. I start to notice that in this grocery store, everybody looks like us. And by like us, I mean tourists, right? Which are pretty easy to kind of, you know, uh, pick out if you're traveling. And then I start to notice something that was a little bit odd is that there is a back stairwell down kind of in the back corner and that all the local people from Prague seem to be going down this strange, darkly, dimly lit stairwell. And that there's actually a security guard there who's turning away all tourists uh, to stay up in this uh, kind of grocery store at the top. So kind of, I took a guess at what was going on. So I said to Krista, just follow me, speak no English and look incredibly confident, okay? She did not love this idea whatsoever, but I immediately took off and so she had to follow me. And so I go up to the security guard, I say hi in Czech, which I had just learned from the hostel that I was a part of, and we just kind of keep on going, like we know, you know, what we're doing. And so we go down this back dimly lit stairwell and then we come out underneath the grocery store and underneath it in the basement is this massive, modern, regular, normally priced grocery store. And we were just, like, honestly, um, we were just so excited. I don't know if you've ever been on a trip where, like, little things go well and you just feel like God is with you. That's what it felt like at that moment because I was like, we can afford to eat again. This is going to be fantastic. Krista was very happy because she was pregnant and our food budget um, kept rising. Um, but we are not, we're not going to, I'm going to go back to my notes. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what you're doing.
But I share with you this story because really what that story highlights, and you've experienced it probably likely in any number of ways, is that sometimes, follow with me, sometimes the best things in life are not advertised, promoted, or easily found. Who wants to say amen to that? That sometimes, honestly, the best things in life are not advertised, easily found, or incredibly promoted. Like sitting there in that grocery store, right? If we hadn't stopped and looked up and made a different choice, we would end up in a really financially difficult bind. We would not have been able to probably eat. We would have cut everything back. It would have been incredibly difficult. Because sometimes the best things in life, honestly, they just aren't easily found, and they're not found, follow with me, by just following the crowds around you. That honestly, this is just true, and this is probably maybe deeper than you might even think, that sometimes the best things in life are not found by following the crowds around you, right? Instead, actually, we need to make a different choice and a different, uh, and choose to go in a different direction. And that's really what I wanna talk about here today. I wanna talk about making a different a choice in different directions. I wanna talk about the path you might be living and the place that you might be going in your life. I wanna talk about actually finding um, the right destination with our lives and not just following all the crowds of the people around us. And to do that, I wanna take a look at one of Jesus' sayings. And today we're gonna to take a look at two shortly and briefly, just before we kind of take communion here together. But really, they're about actually choosing the direction of your life. And Jesus is gonna talk about a broad and easy path where you follow everyone around you. And then he's gonna talk about a narrow path where one that you have to choose that it's difficult to find, kind of like that grocery store in Prague that was hidden underneath the basement of the other one for all the tourists. And so today, that's what we wanna take a look at. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Matthew 7, where we can read Jesus' teaching, and then I just wanna unpack it briefly for us this morning. So we reread this. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And this is Jesus speaking. He says this, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying like, this is the center of everything. And then he continues and he says this, and you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. These are the passages I want to talk about briefly here this morning together. And I want to remind you of something that Jamie so well reminded us of last week, actually. That each and every one of these teachings of Jesus, they are all interconnected, right? They are all actually one sermon, right? It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And even though we're looking at them kind of piece by piece by piece, they're not pieces. They're one whole kind of seamless together. And this is actually a lot clearer in Greek in... Um, in Greek than it is in English in the translation that I read to you. The New Living Translation, which I use most often, it says this, do unto others what you would like them to do to you. The NIV actually is a little bit better. It says this, it says, so in everything do to others what you would have them do for you. But the KGV is best actually because it begins this verse with this word. It says, therefore do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And that therefore is there in the Greek and it's actually the best translation because what this is showing is just this, that Jesus has been teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He's been saying all sorts of things that we are called to do, like loving your enemies, right? Giving up judgment and all of that. And then he says, therefore, live this way. Jesus here is providing not only a summary, but also a challenge of what it is to live out the Sermon on the Mount. And what does it look like to live out the Sermon on the Mount? to follow Jesus's way of living, to actually have this kingdom rhythm in your heart and mind and soul, what it looks like is treating others as you would want to be treated. And Jesus here, he's kind of shocking in some ways, really, because notice with me, he says, this is the essence of the law and the prophets. He says, really, this is the center of everything. If you want to boil down all the scriptures, this is what it means, right? This is why we call this the golden rule, that we are called to follow this with our lives, that we are called to treat others as we would want to be treated. And the reason... I think that this matters so much 
is that what I've noticed as somebody who is a parent, okay, what I've noticed is just this, is that rules never cover everything. Anyone want to just say amen to that as parents? So you've noticed this, right? That you will give your kids rules and they will find weird workarounds to this all over the place. And here's why I bring this up. Because if we want to follow God, what we need is not more rules. What we need actually is a guideline that would govern every aspect of our lives. What we need is some values that would frame like every conversation, every situation, all the things we face. And that's what Jesus gives to us here. He says, if you want to follow him, if you really want to follow God, here's the summary of everything. He says, treat others as you would want to be treated. Love others as you would want to be loved. You know, respect others as you would want to be respected. Jesus says, this is what we are called to do. And then Jesus here, he ties this actually to the next saying, where he talks about the two roads. He says that this is really what it's about. So I want to continue on and to read what he says and then to explain it a little bit more. So he says this. He says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. And here, I think the most important question to answer is just this. Is what is the narrow gate? What is the narrow path? Right? Because if this path leads to life and the other path leads to destruction and difficulty and all of that, we want to actually choose the correct one. We don't want to just follow everyone around us and end up in more difficulty and ruin like we would have had in Prague if we'd actually followed all the other tourists. Right? We want to know what the narrow path is. And I think the narrow path is so obviously clear. The narrow path, follow with me, is not just believing the right things about Jesus. It is following and practicing the way of Jesus that the narrow path really is actually what Jesus has just said in the previous verse. The narrow path is treating others as you would want to be treated. That when Jesus says this is the summary of everything, this is actually how we are then called to live. We are called to treat others as we want to be treated, to love others as we want to be loved, to respect and care for others as we want to be respected for and cared for. This is what the narrow path is. Too often in Western evangelical kind of theology, we talk about the Western path about believing about Jesus. And beliefs matter, but follow with me. It is possible to believe the right things about Jesus and to still end up on the wrong path, right? It is possible to believe the right things about Jesus and to still end up on the wrong path because the point isn't what you believe. The point is, is what are you living out? What are you actually acting on? What's your praxis? What's your actions? That's what's going on here. And the reason that this matters so much is because what Jesus then does is he actually attaches like consequences to our choices. Right? Jesus says that there are two roads that we can choose. And all of us are choosing these, one of these two roads, regardless of whether we realize it or not. And Jesus says there are two paths that we can cho- choose, and there are consequences to that choice. Right? He says that one path, it leads to life. Right? One path, it leads to him. It leads to all that we need. But then he says that the other path, it is a highway to hell. Or more specifically, in Greek, the word there is actually called apelia. And what it really means is literally is waste, is destruction, is ruin, right? That if, if we reject the way of Jesus, which is treating others as we want to be treated, what will end up happening is we will reap the destruction and the waste that we choose. Because there are consequences to your choices and there are consequences to mine. Essentially, what Jesus is asking us to do here is just this. He's asking us to pause for a moment and to pay attention and to just ask this question. Where is my life headed? Which path am I walking on? Is it the narrow path that is hard to find, but that leads to life? Or is it the broad and easy path that everybody is following and not really thinking about that ultimately leads to destruction? Jesus wants you and me today to really consider that and to say, where are our lives taking us? What is the destination we are headed towards? Which path are you on and which path am I on? So what does this mean for all of us today? What I think it means is just this, and here's kind of my main point, 
that really, that if we want to find life, what we need to do is just start walking the narrow path with Jesus. That's my main point today. That we just need to start walking the narrow path with Jesus. And as I said, the narrow path is so clear. It is about actually following what Jesus says. It's about putting into practice what he asks us to do. It's about really living out that teaching and that golden rule of treat others as you would want to be treated. And I think that this matters, this idea of actual action, because what I think is so popular in our day and age is just this. It's really easy to admire the teachings of Jesus, but Jesus isn't looking for admirers. Follow with me. He is looking for followers. Amen? He's actually looking for people who don't just admire what he says, but who actually put it into practice, who live it out. That's why he says that's the narrow road, because it's so easy to admire it, but not to follow it. But those who really follow the narrow road are people who put it into practice. Soren Kierkegaard, he puts it this way, talking about admirers and followers. And I think that this quote is, is fantastic. He says this, that the admirer never makes any true sacrifices. He says this, he always plays it safe. Though in words, phrases, songs, he is inexhaustible about how highly he prizes Christ, he ultimately renounces nothing. He will not reconstruct his life and will not let his life express what it is he supposedly admires. He says, not so for the follower. No, no, no. The follower aspires with all his strength to be what he admires. The follower aspires with all their strength to be what they admire. I think that's what Jesus is asking of us, right? To be real followers, not just admirers. And to ask the question, where is our life headed? Are we walking that narrow path of treating others as we want to be treated? Or are we aimlessly choosing the broad path and not realizing that it will lead to destruction that we choose? So today, today, what does this mean for us? Well, as I said, my main point is really just to start walking the narrow path with Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we do that practically? Well, today I want to give you two things. And um, we're going to kind of practice them before as we come to communion. But the two things are this, that if you want to really uh, follow this narrow path with Jesus, you first need to pledge your life to Jesus, and then you need to actually start walking the path with Jesus. So the first thing is this, is that if we're ever going to find the narrow path, if we're going to stop just wandering aimlessly or following everyone else around us, the way that this happens, the way that this begins, is by first choosing to trust in Jesus, to place your faith in Jesus, or to put it better, to really pledge your allegiance to Jesus. I think that's what we need to do. I think we actually need to place our faith and trust in him because there is no way to walk the narrow road while being disconnected from Jesus. Right? There's just no way to walk the road with Jesus while being disconnected with him. So as we come to communion, I want to invite you to use this as a time to really to pledge your allegiance to Jesus, to choose to trust in him. Many of us have done this many times before, but honestly, choosing to trust in Jesus is something we need to make that choice each and every day. Some of you may never have actually chosen to trust in Jesus. And so I want to invite you to do that here today. And if you do that, please let us know, because this is the single most important choice any single person can make. So as we come to communion, I want to invite you to use this as a time, really, to be choosing to trust in Jesus. But then the second thing I want to invite you to do is just this. I want to invite you to actually walk that road with Jesus. Because as Kierkegaard reminded us, Jesus is not looking for admirers. Jesus is looking for followers. So as we come to communion, we're going to be playing one song for you to kind of prepare yourself uh, for communion. So as we do this, I want to invite you to think about one question. Is what would it mean for you to live out today the, that golden rule? What would it mean to put some action into treating others as you would want to be treated? What would it mean to actually put some steps on that narrow path of following that teaching of Jesus where he says, treat others as you would want to be treated? What would it mean like today for you to actually treat your spouse as you want to be treated? 
What would it mean like today for you to actually treat your children as you want to be treated? What would it mean like today to treat your grandparents as you would want to be treated? Or what would it look like today, kids, to treat your parents as you would want to be treated? Right? What would it look like to live this out? Because Jesus is looking for people who live this out, not just admire the teaching, but actually follow it. So as we come to communion, I really want to challenge you just with this. Would you pledge your life to Jesus and then walk the narrow path with Jesus? That's what I want to invite you into. And so I want to invite you as we come to communion then to really, to really be prayerfully considering that as we sing this next song here together. To be thinking through how can you live this out and how can you choose to follow Jesus? Because that's what this is all about, choosing that narrow path and following him. Because as I said, Jesus isn't looking for admirers, he's looking for followers. And that begins with what we choose here today. So would you join with me in prayer here this morning? God, as we come towards communion, I pray, Lord, might we put action behind these words. I pray would we not only know your teaching, would we follow your teaching. I pray most of all, Lord, would we always choose to follow you in every single aspect of our lives. Would we place you front and center in our lives. And I pray would you give us the courage to really treat others as we would want to be treated, to follow this golden rule that you have given to us. And so, Lord, as we come to communion, I pray would our focus be on you. I pray would we realize how to live this out. And most of all, I pray, God, may we always just be so grateful for your sacrifice that allows us to follow you. We pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and...